Welcome to the Business of Dance podcast, where we discuss business growth, dance education, creating your dream business, and falling in love with your studio all over again. Now, here's your host, business coach, educator, and owner of Dance Energy Studios, Claire O'Shea. Hi everyone, my name is Claire O'Shea and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Dance podcast. Today I have a very special interview lined up for you and uh, first for me on the show having a guest return which is very exciting. So joining me again on the show is Leah Matthews of Studio Go Dance with one of her business partners Lauren Nolan. The last time Leah was on the show we discussed her business Studio Go Dance and how she was about to launch her new business Studio To Go Dance with her incredible business partner Lauren. I'm so excited to learn more about these ladies and their amazing business. But before we jump into the show, I want to remind everyone to listen to the end as there will be a very special bonus at the end, courtesy of Lauren and Leah. So without further ado, let's dive into the show. Hey guys, it's Claire here and before we start today's episode, I just want to quickly jump into your ears to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by studio to go and the wonderful ladies of studio to go Lauren and Leah are joining me on today's episode to talk all about their amazing program launching very soon and that includes some amazing bonuses that we talk about at the end of the show but just so you know what this amazing offer includes if you're interested is an incredible extra package valued at $250 that includes a one hour consultation and an extra ballerina birthday party package so to find out more information continue listening to this podcast or you can jump straight over to claireochecoaching.com forward slash studio to go for more info Welcome to the show, Lauren and Leah. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. We are so excited to be part of the podcast. I was just saying to Lauren and Leah before we started that this is my first three-person interview, so we're really excited to be seeing how this works out. We hope it works out really good. (laughs) Woohoo! We're a party anywhere we go, so no changes there. (laughs) Exactly. I think if anyone watches any of your videos that they know that too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, awesome so my first question for you today I've talked a little bit about your bio in the the pre sort of section of the show but can you explain from your point of view what is studio to go all about sure Lauren do you want me to take this or you want to take it go for it girl okay so basically studio to go was formed you know a little over a year ago um, basically from our sister company studio go which I own and then Lauren is the artistic director and we we implemented a yearly progressive curriculum in our preschool programs and we just instantly saw the benefits you know our revenue increased our teachers were more prepared we expanded into new markets and our end product our recitals were better so we instantly saw that there was um, such a huge market for this and then we translated it into studio to go and I think one of the things that Lauren and I were adamant about from the beginning um, about our particular brand was it being really for dance educators you know speaking for dance educators being all about dance education and making it fun for them and just kind of that coming out and everything that we do 100% and the only thing that I would add to that that was a huge benefit of writing this curriculum in the first place. I I helped Leah implement writing a curriculum for Studio Go 
And um, we saw more faculty interaction as well. We have our, our private Facebook group and our teachers are communicating more about what's going on in their classrooms. So we are a mobile company, so we don't have a physical, literal dance studio. And that was huge for us because our teachers were interacting more about what's going on in their classrooms, what's working for them, what's not. It kind of opened up the conversation to get our teachers speaking more. And I also think that that's important in studios because, you know, you're teaching simultaneously in two rooms next to each other. Yes, you're in the same building, but you're not interacting together at the same time. So that was kind of another another catalyst that made us think, oh, studios could use this as well to get their faculty on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. that's, I would really agree with that. Like we uh, use studio to go and, and it's an amazing program, but as a studio owner, it's just so like reassuring for me to know that we have this high caliber of, you know, lesson plans and expectations and music. And I know that everything's being curated. Obviously I look through it as well. I actually don't teach any of the classes at the moment, but it is my area. Like I was trained in that area as well. So it's really kind of such a time saver, I think as well to go, okay, each month, you know, I have the lesson plans and the videos and the music and I can just, share that with my teachers who teach those classes and like you said it's it's easy for everyone then to discuss like oh how how sweet is this exercise and oh i'm not sure about this and then we can provide clarification or you know and and, and all the resources you provide to use with parents and stuff too it's just so awesome so i definitely think it's kind of it's all-encompassing because it has all of those different sort of facets of it which is so cool as well Awesome. Well, we love to hear that it's working out. Um, Mm. And I think, like you said, talking about, you know, the other teachers coming in from a studio owner's perspective, Mm. I know one thing that is, I guess, a constant struggle when you're bringing in newer teachers who aren't as experienced is wondering if they actually are doing what you want them to do. And Mm. so having a curriculum in place like this really kind of takes out that fear from an owner's perspective because it's on paper, black and white, you know, what the expectations are. So you know they're providing the level of class that you want your students to receive. Yeah. And it's not even like just black and white. Like there's literally a video. So there's there's no excuse for them to like interpret it incorrectly or not be sure like how to do it or how to apply it because if they use all the materials that are provided to them, it's literally like, this is how you run an awesome class. And there's obviously room for adding, you know, their own creativity and, you know, extra props and all of those things. But it's such a, yeah, like a comprehensive program essentially. And I'm so glad to hear that because that was a huge uh, goal for us was to provide those benchmarks and those goals for these teachers, but to also allow some room for creativity. And Mm -hmm. I would be so interested to know if this is what you run into as well, but I feel like there's a big difference between hiring a professional dancer who has a performance background and and, uh, hiring someone who can actually instruct and actually teach. So those two things are very different and you need an instructor to have the technique and the performance background you know, that, that's a huge part, a huge draw to hiring them, but teaching is a whole nother ball of wax. Mm -hmm. This kind of breaks that down for them. Yes. Mm -hmm. You also hit the nail on the head, both of you 
when you were saying about the creativity, because that is where Lauren and I struggled when we were talking about implementing a curriculum. We wanted to make sure this was happening and give them materials, but we also didn't want to stifle creativity because we're all artists. And, you know, a lot of us really are drawn to that because it allows us to have a creative outlet. And so, but for us, on the other hand, given that we're not a physical studio, it was much harder to ensure that all the teachers were doing exactly what they were supposed to be doing. So we created the curriculum in a way where it's structured and we know what's, what's happening and what the benchmarks are and we can communicate with our customers. However, like you said, we created it in a way that there's still that creativity so the teachers can kind of, you know, make it their own. Mm-mm. And I do think at the end of the day, like as studio owners, we know how busy we are. So to me, it is a huge relief knowing that, you know, next, I have no idea next year I might be timetable or I pro- I will create the timetable, but I'll might timetable myself to teach a heap of petite classes um, or for, you know, the early childhood classes. And just knowing that I at least have that base of like an amazing lesson planned rather than having to think, Oh God, like, what am I going to do today? Or just boring the students with doing the same thing. And I do think as studio owners, we're busy, but I know like a lot of my teachers are busy. They have other jobs, they have families, they have university, you know, so I know that they're busy too. And I do obviously, and I'm sure you do as well, expect a high level of commitment to their classes, but at least I know that this is going to be serving them as well as our students. They are prepared. They, Mm. you them resources that are actually applicable and helpful. 100% that is the goal here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to also ask you, so studio to go is like the sort of umbrella business, but then as a part of that, you have concierge to go. So can you explain a little bit about how that differs? Or I think, do you have, a, you have two little concierge <laughs> and I, I, I'm on the concierge one. I can't remember. Was there, is there another one? I just blanked. So, we, there are two elements to what we provide. There is the concierge, which obviously is what you're a part of, which is the monthly subscription process. Yes. But we also offer a la carte. And that's just a fancy way. Leah and I enjoy being fancy sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which is translatable as um, we're extra. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, a la carte just means that's just our boutique online where you can go in and grab what you want. Um, as you need it, whether it be a piece of individual choreography or a piece of our retail, like our boozy ballet line, which we can get into more later. But um, a la carte is just the simple route because our concierge monthly subscription, the way that that is set up is that we only offer enrollment twice a year. And then we Mm. close enrollment so we can take care of those subscribers for six months focusing just on them. So a la carte is our way to service the general public. If you have missed um, an open enrollment period and you're interested or intrigued, or if you're just not ready for that level of commitment. That makes sense. I knew, I knew that there was two, but I was like, I know what I'm doing, but I can't remember the other one. So (laughs) that totally makes sense. And like you said, then yeah, it's really, and I, I can say that like in, in the Facebook group that we have at the moment that, with the concierge should go. Yeah. You guys are always in there and you're providing the resources, but you're also doing extra things. And like I asked questions about team, which we're going to touch on a little bit later that you had like a heap of insight, which was super awesome. So yeah, I can definitely say that I think that that model is really working for you because it does 
allow you to focus on those people. And then I guess, you know, as well, when you've got a new group of people coming in that they're you know, going to probably have some of the same questions versus new people coming in every day of the week. Yes. And that's why we wanted to do it that way. I mean, there are certainly other preschool curriculums out there, mm. but you know, we didn't see that kind of boutique consultancy approach to where you actually have day in and day out access because if you're really talking about transforming your dance studio, it's so much more than just the curriculum, right? I mean, as you know, Claire, that's, that's what you do. You know, there's so much more that goes behind it. There's the marketing, there's just the feedback and the camaraderie. So we really wanted it to be more of like a community. And like you said, if you have new people coming in every week, everyone's going to be somewhere different in the program. Mm. Um, so it, it just kind of allows for a more, um, you know, conducive atmosphere to do it this way. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And, but I think it's still just super valid and super like, I don't know if you feel supported knowing like I do have, you know, quite extensive knowledge in marketing and those like mm -hmm. tech things, but it's really good that to, I can say to you guys, Hey, how do you actually market this and go, Oh, that's a good idea. Like everyone is always learning and I'm not really into the whole idea of like, Oh, well, I'm really good at this. So I don't need to ask any more questions. I think it's always important to keep progressing. And I just do, and it, like there's other studio owners in the group too, who also provide new ideas. And I do think that's what that whole community aspect is. So um, that, like, it's just, it's so fantastic. And obviously you guys have a whole other level of expertise and you've, you've proven the method works. So it is really kind of reassuring as someone going into it that you go, well, hello, this is what we do and this is works and you can do it too. So that's really cool. Well, I just, I know from my perspective, it can be very lonely to be a studio mm -hmm. owner. I've never owned a studio, but I have been in the administration of a very large studio um, for about four years, three to four years. And I saw firsthand what that life is like. And it can be a lonely job. You are responsible for potentially a large staff, um, a large group of kids, which also means a large group of parents, <laughs> which can be the most interesting part of our job and our line of work. Interesting is the operative word. Um, but yeah, I just, I feel like it, you don't want to commiserate with your competition. That's not a good idea. You know, the other studios that are local in your area, you can't talk with them because they are your direct competition. So unless you have a girlfriend that you grew up with or a guy friend even that you were in a studio with um, and, and they've opened a studio in a different state or a different region, you know, maybe you can commiserate with them a little bit and vent and get some ideas and feedback. Um, but it's, it's, it does end up being a very lonely job within your physical community. So what the internet has provided us with is that connectivity to reach out and find people that we can bounce ideas off of, not hurting our own businesses, not bothering our own competition, our own market, but to create an online community of support. It's, it is stellar. Yeah. I'm a huge advocate for yeah community, not competition, but I do mm -hmm. understand why people have a little bit of hesitancy when you know talking with people that are really local to them but i do think it's possible but i i understand the the reservations but um yeah i do think and i the internet like you said has provided such a yeah just an amazing place to be able to communicate and yeah it, it does make 
our industry feel less lonely even though I still think it can be for a lot of people it does really open up you know just brainstorming and like you said people understanding because I think we can talk to you know our partners or our parents or our husbands or wives or whatever but at the end of the day uh, yeah if you haven't experienced it is it's a pretty weird industry to like it's it's very different so it is really wonderful to have people who totally get it 100 percent agree (laughs) so just sort of backtracking a little bit we've talked a little bit about what is studio to go and you know the the concierge to go aspect but can you tell me a little bit about each of your own personal backgrounds in dance or even in business ownership or you know what's your own background sure so i think lauren and i have somewhat similar backgrounds we were talking about this last night actually but um you know we both grew up in studios started at a very young age very like well-rounded did the you know ballet tap jazz contemporary did it all I um danced with both civic ballets and then also kind of went more the competitive route the older I got and then when I went to college my dad was very adamant that I could not dance the rest of my life and he would not pay for that that I needed to do something that would pay the bills so, you know, being a confused 17-year-old, I, I followed that advice. However, I did um, audition and make the dance team at my college. So I was on the dance team in college and danced throughout my four years there um, and, you know, continued to teach like workshops and camps and that sort of thing, but did not actually, quote unquote, degree in dance. Mm-hmm. And then when I graduated, I, you know, got that corporate job, worked you know, 12 plus hours every day, had a very stressful, demanding corporate job. And then I still taught dance on Saturday mornings. And after a while, it got to a point where, you know, when you're working 67 hours during the work week and then working on Saturdays too, I just, I couldn't keep up. So I I quit teaching after that last season. And there was probably about a year or so in there where I wasn't doing anything with dance. And I just... I was miserable. I mean, life wasn't miserable, but something was missing. Mm. And so shortly after things kind of fell in place and I quit the corporate world and went back to teaching dance, my entire family thought I had lost my flipping (laughs) time, but you know, they didn't, they thought I was having like a quarter life crisis or something, but a decade later, here we are and it all makes sense and everything is great. So and it all worked out. It all worked out, yeah. I'm so glad it is because Leah is like the best boss on planet Earth. And then also oh, add on to that that I get to be her business partner and I hit the jackpot. So, <laughs> oh. um, but to give a little bit of my history, so same, same similar situation. I grew up in a small town and didn't have a ton of resources to dance, but my parents connected me with a great local studio and they became a huge part of my childhood and upbringing. And my parents also spent a lot of time driving me to more metropolitan areas to give me the, um, the background to be competitive out in the big, real scary world. And when I moved to college, I pursued a career in design. Um, I told my parents when I was four that I was going to be a dance teacher when I grew up. And then I kind of varied and went, went away from the path 
because the same thing Leah was saying, I was scared that dance was not going to be um, an industry where I could make a stable career. And I got scared of that. And I let fear control my decisions. And that's probably one of my biggest regrets in life, but no regrets because I did end up back in the dance world and it's all good. And I have learned how to make a, a enjoyable, fabulous and stable career out of it. But um, I definitely studied something different in college. So I did still keep my dance career um, and my dance life going on the side. I was teaching as a side job and I also competed in the Miss America organization for about 10 years. Um, and there was a talent aspect. So I was still competitively dancing. I was traveling to New York here and there to work with choreographers and definitely keeping up my own skill. Um, but once I got out into the real world, my degree did me no good because the housing market had crashed over here in the States and it was a nightmare. Um, and I just had to rely on what my resume told me at the time. And that was dance. So um, I ended up somewhere along the way, Leah found my resume online, back to that whole thank you internet thing. <laughs> Fun fact, we, we totally randomly met and she hired me to work on with, um, with a different company and then, you know, paths diverged again and we ended up back together a few years ago and I'm working for her, for our company. So here we are, we had this crazy idea together and now we're business partners in the dance industry. It's crazy. And the rest is history. <laughs> and now I can definitely call her one of my best friends. It's crazy. Agreed. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. I can tell that you guys have an awesome relationship just the way, like, like I said, you share lots of videos and stuff. And I think it, yeah, videos are a great way to kind of get a feel for what people are like and how you guys collaborate together, which is really awesome. So you both had like different but similar paths. And mm -hmm. like you yes. said, even though sometimes I look back to it, some decisions I made when I was younger, I'm like, oh, I probably may, might not have done that again. But if I hadn't done that, then I probably wouldn't be here now. So like you said, no, no, exactly. no regrets. <laughs> exactly. Because I feel that way too. Like, well, if I would have known I was going to be in dance, I could have just focused on that, you know, all those four years. But like you said, I mean, I might not be living in Atlanta. I might not be married to my husband. You know, I wouldn't have studied abroad. Like there would have been other things that shaped who I am. Mm. And I'm sure Lauren feels that way. And I'm sure you feel that way. So I think at the end of the day, everything just kind of works out. And we all ended up where we were supposed to be. And side note, Leah studied marketing. I don't know if she mentioned that, that little detail, but she studied marketing. And so now with studio to go as our company, she has a, like a brain that just works that way. And she'll be very quick to say, Oh no, no, no. We didn't have crazy like social media marketing back then, but it, it, her brain still works that way. She just thinks in this very unique way that's actually helping our new company. So everything, you know, it's, that's meant to be will be, and it's all good. Mm, absolutely. And I do see like a lot of the time that studio owners are asking a lot for marketing help and advice. So that is having that knowledge would be awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> so along those lines, I know you guys were talking about, um, why you decided to, you know, start studio to go, but do you mind sharing what has been the most sort of surprising thing that you've learned since opening and starting the program? Oh my gosh. I know. I'm like, Hmm. Oh, 
I might be able to write a book on, on surprises. Um, I don't know. For me, it has been surprising trying to explain this to other people and hearing the awesome feedback that we're getting, even people outside of this industry. Um, I've had a lot of folks say, uh, how did this not exist before y'all thought of this? And the answer to that is, well, it did exist. There have competitors out there. We do have other people um, that are providing curriculum um, out there. But I think what is so surprising and shocking to other people when we explain this to them is our character development side of this company. Mm. It's a huge part of what studio to go is as far as our curriculum is concerned. Um, so it, it is, it's surprising to me to hear that that's not out there and that that is not readily accessible already. Um, so I'm, I'm proud of us for having that idea and I'm proud of us for being able to implement it. But, um, Leah can probably go into a little bit more detail about that component of our company, but it's, it's a huge pillar to what we do. Absolutely. And I think when we were doing it for Studio Go, that was one thing that we really just drove home is that, you know, when we look back on our dance careers, we all grew up in studios and are still in the dance industry now. And we look at what all dance taught us, you know, it taught us teamwork, it taught us perseverance, it taught us to take criticism. I mean, it, it taught us so, so much more than dance. So being able to actually put that in a you know, tangible kind of package and then present it to these little children, it's just something really special. Um, other than that, I think the most surprising part for me has been I guess how much that we have to challenge ourselves. It's so interesting because we are constantly learning and constantly figuring out new ways to do things. And so um, it's just, it's been an entirely different business model for me than like Studio Go. So mm. it's a completely different shift. And it's been really fun to kind of like, push the envelope and learn new things. And then it's also surprising to me that I'm slowly getting comfortable being in front of a camera because I hate hearing myself talk. So, you know, that's something that obviously all of this has really helped with. So it's just kind of fun, you know, using this to learn new things and then better ourselves as both people and professionals. And on that line, that actually makes me think of another surprise for me. I've learned a lot about the type of worker I am. Um, <laughs> when you're in a partnership very closely with another individual and it is your job to get this huge, big, scary, crazy project off the ground, I feel like both of us have learned a lot about our individual work styles and how those two interact with each other. Because Leah and I are very similar in personality type, but then we are very, very different in other ways. Um, would you agree with that, Leah, that our oh, work yeah. are different? Yes, yes. It's, it's, been, it's been very interesting to just learn as a professional. Just like, I, I feel like I'm learning more about myself as an adult and in general. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure, and there's a lot of things like you said, when you're going into a new, it is like the similar field, but it is a new field essentially. 
And I think probably a lot of the stuff that you've also discovered, you probably never even imagined being, you know, something that you'd have to identify or, you know, change or anything. But I did want to just quickly touch on just in case people were unsure exactly what you mean by the character development element. Um, how, how do you, can you just explain for our listeners how this is incorporated in the, the monthly lesson plans? Sure. So, you know what, Lauren, you are the artistic director, so I'm actually going <laughs> to let you because you are in it to win it. <laughs> oh my goodness. But Leah being the person who is so great with words, she's made up all of our titles practically by herself. Um, so what this is, is that we are introducing a component of character development into each of our monthly themes. So for instance, we might, in February, this past February, we called it for the love of dance, learning to show compassion for all. So that whole theme revolved around compassion and teaching our little babies how to love on other people, how to love on other people when it's easy and also how to do it when it's difficult. Um, you know, when there's a, another student next to you who's struggling with a certain step and is feeling discouraged in class or just learning how to clap for your friends. Like when my students go across the floor one or two at a time, we clap for them when they make it to the other end because they have achieved something. And I want my kids to learn about dance and art etiquette. And part of that is congratulating each other and lifting each other up. So that's just one specific month of an example, mm -hmm. but we try to make sure that that theme is visible throughout our playlist. And it might be, you know, in funny, in funny, sweet ways, like in February, there are a lot of love songs, but there's also a lot of songs about friendship and helping our buddies. Um, and then we also make sure that that's visible in our um, conversations that we're having with our children. If you ever have a shoe change break or a water break, we give you talking points to discuss with your children so that you are not missing those little nuggets, those little opportunities to connect with your children and to um, affect the next generation. And then you'll also see it in your color sheets and marketing materials, the items that we prepare for you to send home with your students so that they can have that concept be reinforced at home. Yes. And, and then one thing that we do um, in our sister company that kind of ties in with that, and we've talked about it in the um, VIP Facebook group, is we also will do community involvement. So for instance, in February, we'll go to a nursing home and we'll do a performance for them. So again, you know, teaching the children about compassion and community and actually making that tangible. Absolutely. And I do think like I don't think I was proper aware of that element when I signed up. I just was like, please, I need help with lesson plans. Um, but it has been one of my favorite elements because like you said, I've always been a huge advocate for how dance shapes the person and not only like the skills. So I think that if we can really show parents and our students that we're implementing that at a young age, it can only be beneficial. And then hopefully as they get older, it will really eliminate that um, not it's not really an issue that I have in particular but I do see a lot of people have troubles with you know demanding to be on certain teams or you know mm. being disappointed when they don't win and all of these things which I'm like oh my gosh like it's just a part of it but if they've not been taught the skills to deal with it I can understand how it would be 
you know, a bit overwhelming at the time, but I do think starting at a really young age is so awesome. You are absolutely right. I mean, we see that in dance teacher network all the time where Mm -hmm. teachers are posting, you know, text messages from their students because they're mad they're they didn't get a solo or you know whatever it is but think about from a very young age on every month these children were taught something that like like that like for instance october is fall in the dance and we talk about perseverance and we talk about when you fall you have to get back up again so teaching that it's not always going to be easy, but you have it in you to overcome, you know, any goal or obstacle. So it's, it's a really good thing to kind of, I guess, establish in the beginning so it will continue to develop as they get older. Yeah. I'm just nodding so hard. It's just, I sometimes like, like we talked about the Facebook groups are amazing and then sometimes I'm looking at it going, oh my God, like what a headache. Like I just personally could not cope with that sort of level of drama. Um, but yeah, it, it, I do think it, it maybe is occurring a lot more because there is a disconnect with either what has come before it or possibly there is a disconnect in the message that they're sharing at their studio, if that makes sense. So yes, it does. Um, yeah, but yeah, because at my studio, like we have competition teams and things, but I make it like so evident that we are not the competition school, if that makes sense. So while I strive for, you know, really excellence and all of these amazing things, we don't go to competitions to win. We go to competitions to enjoy the experience and for what I think that that extra performance element can help our students do. But if we start having people who are like, oh, like they never win, I'm like, well, you've just forgotten the whole point of this. And then I have to, it, it makes me kind of go, okay, what, what, when, like, where have I gone wrong rather than why is this parent annoying me? So um, I do think by introducing that at a, such a young age, you know, it might take a while, but at least as well, while they're doing it at that young age, I do think it's such a valuable thing for parents to see what we're doing as well. Yes. And you also hit the nail on the head. I was shaking my head so hard because you said there's, there's also a disconnect with the message at the studio. And I agree with that. I think sometimes there's confusion about good customer service versus being a doormat. You know, good customer service isn't always just laying down and saying, yes, whatever you want. You know, you are the studio owner and you are the expert and you know what is right for these children more than a parent who maybe never danced in their entire life. So by no means do you be rude, but, you know, you have to stay in your ground because you are the expert and you are getting paid to give this child the best possible experience for them. So I I think there, there can be disconnects in the message sometimes as well because people just want to make everyone happy and that's not to say like I have nothing against like studios that are all competition I think that's awesome but I think um I think when they're when there's issues coming up that are you know conflict over and over and over again sometimes it's really good as studio owners to reflect like you know why why are we why are parents having this reaction and possibly without intending to you might be marketing yourself more as a you know competition school when you're not or vice versa mm-hmm. if you're marketing yourself as more of a casual style dance school family based and then you're huge into competition mm-hmm. it, yes. there, that's when I think there starts to be some issues because people might think oh you know there's too much pressure or there's too much time commitment 
And then that's also when there's, you know, just issues that seem to crop up. But I digress. (laughs) No, I I agree because I wasn't even speaking of like competition versus not. We have a lot of two-year-olds parents who want us to allow them in our tap classes and I refuse. And I have parents who get upset because there are studios who will take two-year-olds and tap. But I personally, fundamentally disagree with that. Now, if that's what someone does at their studio, that's that's fine. But I don't think developmentally that a two-year-old should be in tap shoes. So I, you know, I won't back down from that because that's my belief where what I'm saying is like what you're saying when we see in these groups, I think there can be a disconnect with the message yeah. it's because sometimes parents just want to make their customers happy and can fall into that trap of going, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Yep. And you also have to be very conscious about your social media because mm. we're talking about this message, the message, the message. And sometimes I feel like studios don't really stop and think about their social media use. I know this is taking a total left turn from what we're talking about, but what is it that you are marketing yourself as being? You know, maybe as studio owners, we need to step back a minute and look at the percentage of our of our social media use, how much are we focusing on highlighting just the big kids in this competition world? And how much are we focusing on our babies? When we do live videos, who are we showcasing? Okay, it's great to showcase when we're off representing the studio at some national competition. But we also need to be doing live videos of our two year old, you know, creative mommy and me classes. Mm. Uh, So I think that's a huge part of this message thing that we keep talking about. I think your social media speaks to that a lot. Yeah. And I, and like I said, if, if you are that huge competition school that is all about the competitions, well, yeah, live, live the absolute, you know, go for it. it. But if you actually were like, Oh, I want to be more like in Australia, we don't really use the term recreational school, but I know that's a huge term in the States. Um, If you, if that's more of your focus and then when you go into your social media, all you see is like, great job to Susie who won this great job to, you know, Jenny for doing that. You know, here we are at this competition. People will automatically go, Oh, they're a competition school. And yes. like, there's nothing wrong with either way. But I'd like, I think I'd like you said, just to kind yeah. of evaluate and go, Hmm, like, am I only focusing on this because I think it gives us like this perception or, is or it'll bring in more students. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like we said, a little bit off on a tangent, but it's just something I see. <laughs> it's going to happen with us. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I just, cause I, it, it does make me a little sad because I just know that those teachers and studio owners, it must be super stressful to feel like they're constantly like battling essentially. Mm. Um, and that's when, when I go, okay, this problem's cropped up once or twice. Like what education is missing for, them not to have an understanding and you know it's not to say you can completely eliminate any issues no um, yeah but the more that you you know refine and tweak and add in you know different elements it definitely can help streamline it in my opinion yes so going back to your amazing program and off of social media um, <laughs> you talked a little bit about how you include that amazing character development aspect which again top notch love it but can you just sort of briefly describe for studio owners who might be interested in either joining your program or kind of figuring out whether this program or something like this is right for them? How is the program structured? Just sort of like an overview. 
Well, I can jump into that. So you can expect to receive from our program every month, if you're going the concierge route, you can expect to receive um, content over an online portal. So we try to make it super simple where the studio owner or teacher, who whichever kind of client we're talking about, logs in and everything is accessible right there at their fingertips. We're going to provide a playlist, which is definitely available for different users. If you are an iTunes user, we have everything typed out for you so you can go search those specific songs. If you are a Spotify user, we give you a direct link to a secret playlist where you only have access if you are one of our users. And that playlist is going to be referenced in lesson plans that we provide you that we've all mentioned earlier. And those lesson plans are going to walk you through a 45 minute class. So one thing that we haven't really touched on yet is that we do have options within the concierge. So you can be part of the ballet concierge, the tap concierge or the ballet and tap concierge. So it just depends on what you need. Um, these classes are structured for preschoolers, which we say is typically three to five year old classes. And, um, all of our classes are based around a 45 minute length. Now you can stretch that out a little bit if yours are an hour or longer, um, or you can cut back as well. We try to remind our users consistently that this is totally customizable to their needs. Beyond the playlists and lesson plans, we also offer choreography every month. And we do get asked often, why are we getting so much choreography? And we just wanna make sure we're super clear on that. We believe in a follow me method, which basically means that the teacher is going to get up in front of the class and just rock and roll. She does her thing and the kids jump in and it's kind of a follow me, jump in and let's do this together kind of uh, mentality instead of the opposite, which we feel is not the best route, which is only verbal cues. Every moment that your music is off, you're going to lose a preschooler's attention a little bit more. So stopping the music and, you know, getting everybody on the same page, totally reasonable from time to time. But we try to lessen those moments of transition as much as possible. And we encourage our instructors to just hit the next track and keep going. And the kids follow you and you teach as you dance to maintain that focus and attention. Um, so this choreography, again, ties back to our monthly theme and we give you new choreography every single month. So where we've been working on these steps and our warm-ups and our, our dances, our theme dances, next month we're gonna move on and turn that passe out next month or add, you know, if we get way advanced, we're gonna give you a pot of shaw. Um, that's jumping a little bit much, but just to kind of give you an idea of how it is progressive. Um, so every single month you're going to be getting those components and it's all fresh and new. Every time you turn around, we also offer um, rhythm activities to make sure that we're teaching kids the fundamentals of counting music. Fantastic. Yeah. I just thought it would be good to, if our listeners were interested or, or in my opinion, want to know what's included in a really good and well-rounded curriculum, just to kind of give an overview of what's included. And I would also say that you have awesome resources like a, a newsletter that you can just share directly with your parents about what you're focusing on that month, which is just such a time saver as well. So there's lots of other little extra things. Yes. So like you said, the newsletter and the coloring sheet and the sticker, and it all ties back into that theme. Mm -mm. Very, very, very cool. Um, 
I also just want to ask a little bit about your advice in relation to teacher training or sort of being a team leader. So we mentioned in your introduction that uh, you have the sister school essentially, which is Studio Go, and you have a big team of teachers all around your area and they're all mobile. So that's an element that is difficult to manage. But then also you are a specialty early childhood program. So I was just wondering what your non-negotiables in the classroom are or in your teacher training uh, for that specific age group. Because I do think it can really differ. And I'm just wondering whether you have any insight into how that might be different from regular, you know, all age group teacher training. 100% yes. So you know, obviously you have to have the dance background. I mean, that's a Mm non-negotiable, but for these itty bitties, the number one thing truly is kindness, really. I mean, you're working with people's babies. So we want to make sure that these are people who will get down on their level and meet them where they are. You know, Lauren has said before very well that you don't know what's going on in this child's life. They may have been at the doctor that morning, gotten their shots. They may have just welcomed a new baby the day before. You know, early childhood is like awesome, but it's also really, really rough. You're learning how to manage your emotions and you're learning how the world works and what's okay and what's not okay. And that mommy can't always be there. So really just having that heart, it really takes a special individual to work with these young children. And, you know, when you get into the middle school age or, you know, the highly competitive dancer or the company dancer, it's okay to kind of be that, you know, like hard nosed teacher who has the tough love, but that really can't exist with these little ones. So I think that's probably the most important, most important character trait that I look Mm -hmm. for in a teacher. I'm just laughing because I was, I teach our older performance team students and I was just the other day in class going, wow, I am so much more (laughs) harsh with these guys, (laughs) but they they, like, they can take it and that's what they, in a, in a kind way, obviously, but yeah, yeah, being early childhood trained, like you said, it's, it's all about getting on their level. And I do think that people kind of go like, Oh, little kids, they don't have any problems. Wouldn't it be awesome? which is sometimes true, obviously, but to them, like not getting a lolly or going to the doctor is like really awful. So like, it's all in perspective or like, obviously, yeah, obviously there is kids out in the world who have way major issues, but I'm talking about the students in general who are coming to our class. The average three-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. And when you say that too, yeah, but it's also like not even just those things. I mean, think about it. They could have accidents in class, you know, yeah, potty training, potty training, all of those things. So that teacher also has to be able to handle that. She has to be flexible and compassionate because if a girl has an accident all on her tutu, all over the floor, the last thing you need is the teacher chastising her. Like mm. you're four years, you're four years old. Why did that happen? You know, you have to have someone who says it's okay. Doesn't make a big deal about it because if you make a big deal about it, the other children are going to start laughing and it just turns into a whole and event. Your, your studio is now the studio that scarred my child. Yeah. You- Yes. I have to think about it from that branding perspective because you know that that daddy or that mommy out in the lobby is going to leave 
and talk with their other friends at the library or the pool or the carpool line. They are going to talk about their experiences around town. So you need to see those parents and these children and these individual situations as part of your message that you're sending out. Like, oh my goodness, it's no worries. We have a change of ballet clothes under the sink in the bathroom in here. So we went ahead and changed her. We've put her wet clothes in a, in a bag over here. And we're going to send that home with mommy in a very quiet manner. Oh my goodness. It was so much fun. We learned about our colors today in dance. Mm. Move on. You have to be, when Leah said the word flexible, that is huge for me when I'm talking about a preschool dance teacher. Um, and I think Leah would back me up here when I say personality wise and work wise, I am a planner. I am as type A as they come. And I'm so, almost to my detriment sometimes <laughs> to learn how to rein, or, rein it in, girl, rein it in. <laughs> um, but I have, what I have learned in my professional career as a teacher of, of, of little ones, you need to have plans and then you need to be prepared to scratch every single plan when you get in there and to bounce back. So flexibility is huge for me. If I'm, if I'm in front of my children and they are not responding to an activity, I do not wait till the end of the track. I move on. We abandon and move on. So mm -hmm. flexibility is huge. Yeah. And then just, you know, acting the part too, you know, at this age, you are almost an actress. You have to leave all of your troubles at the door because you are absolutely the ballerina princess in these little children's eyes. So, you know, dressing the part, I mean, that's one thing, especially being in schools like we are. I mean, we require ballet skirts and whatnot because you need to be taken seriously and the children look up to you. So we want our teachers with their hair pulled back and very professional looking so that anyone can walk in and say, oh, that's the ballet teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, being that bigger than life imagination, you know, when we're stretching, I mean, it could be tons of different things. You could be making pizza or painting rainbows or going on an adventure to a magical mermaid island. I mean, it's all about speaking to them. I mean, making sure they know the proper technique and the terms, but also really making it fun and taking them on an adventure every week. Yeah. I, yeah, a hundred percent agree. And like you said, that is, you know, one wants to be that teacher, um, that like a kid remembers like 20 years in the future for a bad moment. So, um, and you know, sometimes it might be a shock, like there might be something that a kid does that might be a shock to you, but I think it's just how you react. Like you said, is so important. Um, but in relation to like professional development that you do with your team, do you, do you differ it or structure it specifically for that age group or do you keep it general for like teaching and dance? We are very specific just because yeah. what we do, you know, mm. we kind of consider ourselves like that is our expertise. We are the expert in this arena. You know, we have over 700 dancers below the age of eight. So yeah. we, we do this day in and day out and that's what we want to focus on. And yeah, I mean, we really just focus on that and what's appropriate developmentally, you know, what to say to a child and what not to say to a child and different ways to kind of bring that creativity into the classroom. I, I definitely suggest breaking it down by age group if you can. If you are a studio owner and you are bringing in your staff, say right before a, a new term or a new season starts, I do think it's very important to 
speak to each age group of teachers like, hey, if you instruct three-year-olds through six-year-olds, I'd like you to be here for this hour. If you teach seven through 12-year-olds or whatever your breakdown is, and talk to those teachers about your expectations of what the environment is in those classrooms. Because I know for me, I teach all the way up to middle school. This past year, I was up to middle school. This next year, I'm actually going to be teaching some high school classes as well. So I'm, I'm going to have the range as an instructor from two-year-olds all the way up to high school seniors who are 18 and about to be adults on their own. Mm. You very different expectations for me as an instructor of what you want me to convey to an 18 year old versus a two year old. And I think, I think the general public kind of looks at dance educators and, and we might not necessarily, and this, this isn't always the case. I don't mean to give it a Debbie Downer uh, perspective, but sometimes we are not given the clout or the recognition for how hard our job is because we are not a, state certified teacher. I don't know how it works in Australia, but for us, um, you know, I'm, I'm a dance teacher and I think it's interesting to sit down and talk with those folks and say, Hey, no, I have to understand the the developmental capabilities of a two-year-old and an 18-year-old. And that's a Tuesday for me. Like Mm. that is very, that's a very unique skill set. So along those lines, I do think it's important to break that down and address those teachers differently and separately. Yeah. In Australia, we are very limited with the regulations that we have. Um, There's really, other than having a blue card, which is like a child safety check, essentially, there's really not any expectations, which I think has more negatives than positives, but um, but that's like, for instance, that's to say that, that teachers don't have more education. Like I think... Uh, for instance, like I have a bachelor of early childhood education and a lot of my mm-hmm. teachers are qualified school teachers, but I do think you're right in saying like, you're not wanting to be Debbie Downer, but if you just speak to maybe like someone in the general public and they say, Oh, what do you do? And you say, I'm a dance teacher. I do think they have visualizations of like floor, like what's the word? Like frolicking around the classroom, yeah. like, woo, yeah. like princesses and fairies um, <laughs> rather than all of the time and energy that goes into planning like a cohesive lesson plan. But goodness, yes. that element doesn't bother me. So someone wants <laughs> the, to think that or go for it. The number of times I've had a parent say, well, what's your real job or oh. what's your other job? Or friends say, oh, you're so lucky. You just get to like dance all day with little girls and choo-choos. And I'm thinking, I also have to do accounting and deal with parents and, you know, manage all these people and do lesson plans. And there's a lot more that goes into it than anyone actually realizes. And I I think Lauren, you're right that we don't get the clout. Um, And then, you know, Claire, you're backing that up as well. It's just, it's interesting what people's perspective is. They just see graceful dancers on the stage and they just think, oh, it's so easy. I mean, but that's kind of the definition of dance, right? I mean, you, you look at ballerinas and they make it look effortless when we all know that is not effortless. She is, she is struggle busing inside. She looks amazing on the outside, but there is a struggle bus happening somewhere in there. (laughs) But so yeah, it, it, yeah. But like you said, I don't really think about that. But I it, every now and then, when you meet like a new person, and then mm-hmm. they say like, oh, like I think particularly when I first started my studio, 
people were like, you know, what's, you know, what's your reg, like your real job. And at the time I was still at uni. So I was like, Oh, you know, I'm a student as well. And so I had that. But then when I graduated, I'm like, you know, when you're running a studio, particularly like now I have a really amazing team. So to be honest, I do have a second job, obviously with this, but like, it does make you go like, really? Like, do you go home at night and do another job after you finish your, like, yeah. Yes. Those are the moments where I want to say, listen, I cleaned up throw up in my three-year-old class and kept 14 other three-year-olds just happy as can be still learning. And then I went to a middle school class and dealt with boy drama and girls crying in the middle of my ballet class. Like, you have a clue. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, give me a break. (laughs) Yeah, a big glass of wine with a straw. Thank you. Yes. Well, and it's so funny because I remember I used to say this to my husband because my husband's a very modest person and it's the thing I love most about him. But, you know, if someone asks him what he does, he'll say, oh, I'm a software developer. He doesn't really say like, you know, his actual title and that he manages multiple teams and that he's Mm. worked a really hard career to get there. Well, same thing with me. If they're like, oh, what does your wife do? We'll go, oh, she's a dance teacher. And sometimes I'm like, can't you say that like I own two businesses or something? And it's not that like I want that pat on the back, but it's exactly what you're saying because the perception of what a dance teacher is, it's like people just assume that I teach one class a day. I work (laughs) an hour each day and then I go home and like paint my toenails you know like you all don't understand how hard I'm working and my toes are mangled and will never be cute for the rest of my life because of all of that dance Um, it makes me laugh a lot and it's so it's so true but um I think like yeah with anything then we, we have our job is at the end of the day is really awesome. So maybe it's good that people think that it's all, it's all rainbows and, you know, fairies and that is fine, but it is funny. But I used to do the same thing. People would be like, Oh, what do you do? I used to be like, Oh, I'm a dance teacher. When now I say I'm a dance studio owner, I say, um, you know, I'm a business owner or in then they might go, Oh, what business do you have? And then I can kind of go into it. But yeah, like, being sort of modest and like in Australia, it's like a huge thing, not like tall poppy syndrome. Have you, you've heard of that? No, no. Oh, so you, like you don't want to be like the best or like really talk about how successful you are. Cause it's just in Australia, it's cool to be like an Aussie battler, like you're working hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a huge, it's just like a cultural thing. Like, not to say like someone said to me like I'm amazing I'd be like cool but there is a general perception of like just working hard um which we a lot of us all do anyway so it's not really you know anyway but yeah it is funny and I enjoy your comment about the the toenails because I actually (laughs) agree I'm just looking at my feet right now going like dear ward (laughs) every dancer's life that's where we are (laughs) I don't think my big toes will ever be the same. Like I swear point shoes have like led my toenails to grow at like a different angle. Uh (laughs) But that's fine. Um, So I've got just a couple more questions for you guys today before we wrap up. We talked a lot about, you know, curriculum in general and the benefits it can have for the students as well as the teachers and studio owners. But who do you feel would benefit most from the services that you provide? So do you think there's a specific type of person or does a studio owner have to be 
like have a certain size school or is that, you know, just do you have a bit of a, an idea of who would benefit most? Everyone. Um, everyone. <laughs> I mean, we have users right now who have small hometown studios and we also have users who are larger, bigger studios. So the studio size, I, I don't think that, I don't think that has any bearing on whether or not this is going to be helpful to you or not. And then we also have users all over the world already. I mean, we're seeing this program being successful, not just in the States, but overseas as well. Um, and Leah, I'm sure you can speak to that as well, but I, I, I truly feel confident when I say anyone could benefit from this. Sure, I agree. And I definitely think there is a small advantage to a dance studio owner, whether you have 20 students or 2,000 students, because of the extra marketing help and the VIP group. However, we did want this to be accessible to dance teachers as well, because, you know, I mean, like you just said, people are busy. They have other jobs. I mean, we know that there are people who have a daytime job and then come teach at a studio in the evenings or on the weekends. So this very well could be a simple solution to a teacher who is very passionate about dance, but maybe doesn't have the time to sit there and do lesson plans. So yeah. whether you're a teacher or a studio owner, I think there's def definitely a benefit. We do offer different payment plans as well. I know that you know, we don't, we don't love getting into the pricing conversation, but it is a part of the situation. Um, we do offer different payment plans that were created to cater to individual teachers or to the studio owner. So an individual teacher may be interested in our monthly plan where we charge um, for one style, we charge $60 a month. And for two styles, we offer $85 a month. So that's $60 for one, $85 for two. Um, and then a studio owner who might be able to pay more up front, we offer an annual fee of $600 for one style, ballet or tap, and then $850 for both styles. And with that one, there is a little bit of a cut because we provide curriculum for 10 months out of the year. So if you go with the annual route, you are going to be receiving the discount of those two months you don't receive um, content for. So um, there is a little bit of a, of a payment plan set up in case you are one side or the other and one speaks to you better. But I will go ahead and say we offer tons of freebies and tons of treats throughout the year. So um, even though you don't get those two months of content, you get all kinds of extras along the way. Yeah, I would like vouch for that 100%. I don't think that this is this curriculum is beneficial to one person more than another. I just thought I would ask in case, you know, our listeners were having that thought in their head. And like you said, um, there is a variety of payment plans available to everyone in whatever situation that they are. So if they wanted to read more about what's included and check out the cost again, what can you just share your website so they could go and find it? We'll share it again at the end as well. Sure. It's studio2godance.com. Easy peasy. Now I have last one more question for you guys before we kind of wrap up and have a very special offer for our listeners, which I'm so excited to share about, but 
you know, you're talking at the sort of at the very start of our interview, how, you know, the initial vision for your program and your business to where it is now. So do you have any sort of big plans or where you see it going for in the future or you're really loving the, the way it's sort of functioning right now and want to just keep growing that? You know, for me, I mean, Lauren might um, have some opinions, but I really think I am loving where we're at right now. It's been a really fun journey. Like Lauren said, we both have different work styles, but at the end of the day, we are people who like to get stuff done. So, you know, we might get there in a different, we might get there in a different manner, but we end up in the same place together. So things are really great. Um, I will say that we have talked about branching out a little bit, still keeping in that kind of preschool expertise, but we have thought about, you know, offering some more like consulting, whether we come to a studio and help out, you know, help revamp their program. Like we would, we would love to do that. And we were, um, actually had an offer to do that and hopefully we'll get to do that again. And then another area that we've kind of talked about, it's not in the immediate future, but we hope to possibly bring it out in the, in the not too distant future is doing some sort of training program, you know, where, where teachers could come and get a certificate like of preschool dance education. So it'd kind of be more like a course and, you know, it'd be whether you have 10 different sections and they could be on discipline or classroom structure, um, you know, ballet, tap, whatnot. And we kind of walk a newer teacher through how to actually go about effectively teaching preschoolers. I love that so much. And as someone who lives in Australia, PS, it would be super cool if it was an online feature as well. <laughs> yeah, it would be. It would be. Yeah. We've got you covered, girl. And what about you? Do you have any other um, sort of where you see it going, Lauren, or are you sort of, you're really loving where it is right now too? PS, I'm also I'm- loving where <laughs> I am both. I, I love where we are. I'm so proud of what we've done in a short period of time. And I think every day we are refining the process and growing and learning. For me, I am a huge bookworm. I love reading. I read every single day. It's a huge part of my personality and my lifestyle. Um, but we have really big plans in the future for adding to our content with books. We would love to write books that tie back into our curriculum where our teachers have yet another resource. And that probably brings us to news for Leah, which I don't know if Leah is. Yeah. I was like, Oh yeah, I did write a book. I'm like, let's throw that out there, girl. You want to just go ahead and love Yes. So I think Claire, we may have spoke about this in the first podcast, but the book is finished. It is illustrated. So we are like in the final tweaking stages, which is very exciting and also very like, you know, scary because it's something that I created and I'm putting out there in the world, but it is, um, it's called Biddy the Ballerina and that's our little mascot and our sister company. And it's all about her dance class and it's about the life lessons that she learns in ballet. And most importantly, that ballet is for everyone. So, well, I can't wait read that and share with my students hopefully make sure you share yes. it when it, as soon as it's oh, available okay i'm sure we'll put it in the vip as a bonus prior to it actually hitting amazon but hopefully in the next month it will be oh it gosh. will be good to go <laughs> We've been a little busy, specifically Leah, but um, our our studio to go mascot is named Tula, 
And the idea is that we can continue creating more books that go into more detail about these character development themes mm -hmm. with Tula as well. So Tula and Biddy are going to be best friends. Yes. We also have Bo, who is our boy dancer. Yeah. Um, and so we actually have our little dolls. They're on our website and they're for sale. Yeah, um, that's yeah. And they are a little pricey and that's, I mean, they're handmade in England. So, mm. you know, it is what it is. It's by an, an artisan and we, um, we love them and we have them in our class. So all of our little dancers dance with them in class and, and they love them. And that's why we want to have Bo too. So when we have boys in class, um, you know, there's someone who represents them and actually our teachers, we actually have, um, Biddy comes in different colors and mm -hmm. so our teacher actually has a doll that looks like her because that is something we are so big about yeah. is dances for everyone. You know, if you're a boy or a girl or whatever color you are, if you're skinny, if you're not, like we want it to be known that you don't have to look a certain way to be a dancer. And hence why it's handmade and individual and not like yes, mass exactly. produced. Yeah, that exactly. is amazing. Yes. But that is so exciting. Like book writing. And I would also like to say that like, I would love to read a book from you guys about like the studio ownership side as well. I think that, um, that would be well, so cool. It sounds like we, you have big plans, which is so exciting. Yes. And we do joke and say that we're going to write a book called confessions of a dance teacher. So who knows? <laughs> Maybe that's in the works. We're, we're just going to have to change some names guys. We're gonna have to change names. <laughs> and there'll probably be lots of wine when writing that. Yeah, yeah, well, and probably then you need to go back and heavily edit, depending <laughs> on how much wine. Yeah. True. Um, I think, Lauren, at the very, very start, you mentioned a little bit about your boozy ballet line too. Do you just want to quickly touch on that? Because that is really funny and cool, and I love it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, back to the idea of we get your life, and we have been where you are. We are dance teachers. We know what that life is like. Um, we love coming home to a glass of wine. That's just our personalities. That's who we are. And, uh, we wanted that to be a huge part of our company as well. So we have a boozy ballet retail line and the first installment is Prosecco and Plies. So we have two tops out available right now. One is a dolman sleeve, longer sleeve, which uh, has a little bit of a more slouchy look. Mm. And then we have a tank available. Uh, but don't you worry, there will be more iterations coming. We'll probably reveal them later, but along the same lines of what we like to consume and what we like to do. <laughs> and a dance move, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I have the long sleeve Prosecco and Plies one. I was saying, I can't remember if I was talking to you about this before we started recording or if at the beginning, but I wear mine to Pilates all the time. And it is because in Australia, it's winter at the moment. So. Mm -hmm. Perfect. But it's very soft and it it's lightweight enough that in the warmer months, you can kind of just pop it over the top or, you know, take it off too when it's hot with something underneath, obviously, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's really, really cool. So I just want to thank you guys so much for giving your time to, you know, provide tips to other studio owners out there and really providing an insight into what goes into your amazing company, but as well as curriculum and early childhood development in general. I think we covered a whole heap of topics and definitely went off on a few tangents, but that is <laughs> all a part of it. And that's why I love uh, doing these interview style podcasts because it's really cool to get, um, you know, insights from other studio owners and, you know, 
new information and new advice. But I, you know, I'm, I am a part of your concierge to go company and I love it. And as a part of that, you guys have a very generous offer for anyone of our listeners. And if you could just provide some information about that and as well as the dates that you're opening or if you're already open and when that closes, so people know when to take up that, this awesome offer. So we will be doing our behind the curtains week, which is our kind of like sneak peek where we give away free materials and it's a little bit of a test drive of our curriculum. We Mm. will be doing that July 9th through the 13th. So it's a Monday through a Friday and Mm -hmm. then our curtains are open. You know, that's basically our carts open where we have open enrollment and that is July 13th through the 20th. So if anyone is interested you must enroll July 13th through the 20th and we close it down July 20th, 1159 PM Eastern standard time in the U S and then we will not open again until probably January right after the new year. Yeah. And yeah, it's, I would, anyone who's thinking about it, definitely join up to the behind the curtain week. Cause I, that's what I did the first time. And I got like, you get to see what the lesson plan sort of looks like. And there was a few extra little things that you guys shared, which was awesome. But, um, with the offer that you guys have kindly sort of said to our listeners that would, if they signed up as part of your program as well, do you want to explain what that is? Or do you want me to say what you said? Uh-huh. We can, we can totally share it with you. So we are going to be providing a unique link to your listeners that you guys can use to sign up for the program, like Leah said, starting on July 13th. And if you sign up as one of Claire's listeners, you are going to receive two bonuses. Number one, you're going to receive an hour-long consultation with myself and Leah, where we will talk with you kind of the way that we are now online in a Skype interview or something along those lines to give you a hands-on approach to the best way to implement this program. We can walk you through everything, give you our personal tips and tricks, and just be um, a resource for you to answer your questions about how to start implementing this and kind of actionable steps to get it started. Uh, A second thing you will receive is our ballerina princess birthday party package. And that package is something that is widely used for us and our sister company. And um, it just basically sets up your studio to bring in another source of revenue, which we feel very strongly about. And that is birthday parties. (laughs) That is so generous. Honestly, I was like, oh my gosh, like I want to re-sign up, but (laughs) no, I'm just just kidding. Just so um, everyone's aware, that's about a $250 value because the um, hour of consulting is valued at $150 and we have the birthday party package in our boutique for $100. I would even say it's worth more though, really. It's like (laughs) the amount of like information and nuggets you'd get in an hour is just really, really cool. So if someone wants to take that up, obviously... If you don't want the bonuses, don't use the code. You can sign up without it. But is there a code that they need to put in or is there a special link? I can also put it in our show notes. We'll be sending that out to you and we'll have, yeah, and we'll have that for everyone. No problem. Well, I'll share that in the show notes once we have that. And then I can, I will be also sharing that on Facebook and Insta and everything because what, who doesn't love a freebie if I'm being honest, like so, so cool and a freebie plus like then 
ongoing amazing content but i just want to thank you guys so much for providing that to our listeners that is just so so awesome and i can highly recommend the program personally and i just know if i was kind of i think one of the first people to see the program and if this was your first like run at it this is just outstanding so i have no doubt that it is just going to keep going onwards and upwards which is awesome Yay, we're really excited and we really appreciate it. And we love having you in our tribe and being back on the podcast is great. Yes, thank you so much for joining me. And I'll just share your info one more time for anyone who wants to go and check it out. So your website is www.studio2godance.com. And can people find you on Facebook and Instagram as well? Yes, and same thing, Studio2godance. Fabulous. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today, guys. Thank you. This was so much fun. Thank you for listening to the Business of Dance podcast. For show notes and other episodes, please go to businessofdance.net slash podcast. To learn more about Business of Dance and stay up to date with all the episode releases, as well as lots of extra studio tips and tricks, please like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or wish to be a guest on the podcast, please contact us at podcast at businessofdance.net. We appreciate you taking the time to rate and review us on iTunes and wish you a great day. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And until then, keep dancing your way to the business you have always desired.